everybody, and welcome to the all-new Geek Action Podcast, episode four. My name is David McVeigh, and I am joined in studio by Dave Longo. How Hello. are you, Dave? I thought I'd get the introductions out of the way fast, because we're also joined by Richard Gray. How are you, Richard? Hey! hey. <laughs> Who's that What am voice? I doing here? <laughs> I don't know. Welcome to the all-new Geek Action Podcast. This week, we talk about porn monkeys, cobras, and Diane Feinstein. Porn monkeys? <laughs> we also have some movie news, a film review for Fast and Furious 7, and let's get straight into this. I did actually go grab... Some headlines today, but none of them were actually very inspiring. So we're going to keep it. I'm not even going to look them up because basically every headline was miracle diet, new diet, too thin, too fat, too this. Let's just say this once, once and once only. All the fads don't work. Eat better and exercise. <laughs> and then uh, the other one I did like though was. But what about penis enlargement pills? They're good, right? <laughs> They're good. Okay, fine. Uh, the yeah. other one I liked though was a uh, princess. What is I've it? been taking them for years, and they, <laughs> I've. I read quarter of an inch. <laughs> I read one. I read one headline. I grew though, a second penis, which makes it was me worth it. Which made me almost pick up the magazine, but then I thought better of myself. Uh, which was said that uh, the Princess Mary's secret: she may already be queen. <laughs> <laughs> Or she may already be a queen. Oh, there you go. And, and her surprise pregnancy or something. It's like, what, she I'm going to go with surprise. <laughs> surprise penis. That's, that's the headline. Her princess Mary surprise penis. That's, that's the headline on her one. <laughs> and then you'll never know whether it was a whether she actually has a penis or she had a surprise penis in her. <laughs> you'll just never know. Can I, tell you about, can I tell you about my week really quickly, boys, before you go on to yours? Because... Uh, uh, the weirdest thing happened to me this week, mm. <laughs> right? So so uh, I, there's a few people I work with who actually do listen to this show, and they're going to start sitting there listening to this and go, oh, hello. Um, this week, one of my coworkers said, just out of the blue, I don't know what brought it on, said, what episode of Neighbors were you on? I don't know if anybody knows, because I, I was on Neighbors once a long time ago, many, many, many years ago. And I said, you know, it was back in 1996. Australia's own, Dave McVeigh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wait, this story gets brilliant. Basically said... Um, he said, uh, so what year was it? I said, no. he said, what was your character? I said, it was Gerald, Gerald Thwaites. And he immediately starts Googling and, and, and all this sort of goes on. Anyway, the bottom line is that a little mini meme started at work <laughs> um, because they found a photo of me. Uh, Are you kidding From me? Neighbors. I've been looking for this for ages. They found a photo of me from Neighbors, which then ended up becoming the desktop wallpaper of several of the, com- <laughs> several of the computers at work, uh, which look like this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hand it over. We're putting that on the site. I think. <laughs> I'll put it on the site. That should fine. be the header of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Holy hell, this is brilliant. All right, so basically the meme started as Baby Dave. They started to call me Baby oh. Dave. Okay. Um, it went to the point where... The, one of the co-workers who you can actually see in that picture, which won't get published on the site, but um, basically he printed that photo off onto little stickers and was <laughs> handing them out at work. And I'm now on the back of people's phones. I had Laura, who came to our live show for Behind the Panels a, a couple of months ago, <laughs> who actually got me to get up and give an autograph on... on oh my God. <laughs> that is brilliant. Uh, so got me to make an autograph. Now it's gone to the point where another co-worker has called in some favors, got in touch with Fremantle Media and has organized a DVD of oh, that episode. No <laughs> yes. Way. 
<laughs> oh, because I was going to try and source that for for a birthday so or something. Up, well, that's what he said. He goes, then, early birthday present. And then screen it at like, you know, a live show or something. Anyway. We, well, are, we are still screening this at a live show. We're actually Finger not. Well, actually, <laughs> funnily enough, we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to. No, according to, because he actually had to get me to sign a release for it because uh, they wouldn't release it to him without my what permission. If, what if we like and flipped the it release, upside says, down and like put says, like a wash says, on no it? No YouTubing, no posting, no this, no that. It's like all these rules that you can, wow. that you have to do. Anyway, so the mini meme of <laughs> Baby Dave for a, for a thing that you, the only way to get it is to send an email. Yeah. For it. So I think I think this episode will be called Baby Dave. All right. <laughs> oh, it's. We'll go it was on like from Baby there. Dave from um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I just say how honoured I am to be on this episode of all episodes? <laughs> so anyway, um, before we'll move on to the proper on stuff. On an episode minute, that's got monkey porn. I can't stop <laughs> looking at the monkeys. It's, it's, it's quite porn. hypnotic. You said porn <laughs> monkeys. I said porn, comma, monkeys, oh, the, comma. The, the comma didn't come out in the, in the wash. You said porn, monkeys, so cobras. This we talk about porn, monkeys, cobras, and Diane Feinstein. Uh, I, love I this. thought it was porn <laughs> monkeys, cobras. <laughs> there's, a, there's a photo where someone... Someone's printed out the screen grab, yes. and they've they've drawn a backwards hat on you and yes. put sunglasses. They made, me, they made me look like they made me look like Silent Bob. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I I I thought I loved you before, but now <laughs> that's one of the stickers. By the way, if you go back, you'll see one of the. Can stickers. we get stickers? <laughs> I'm going to ask oh, somebody yeah. who works with you. Who, who who did it? Who who was responsible? Uh, Eden and Jow were the two. I'm going to ask Jow when I see him <laughs> in a few weeks. Eden is the one who did all the stickers. Okay, so. I'm going to I'm going to still. I reckon Jow can source these for us. Let's get let's get. I'm going to I'm going to text him tonight. Jow, <laughs> Jow, are you there, Jow? I, I I work in a photo lab. Let's work together. Let's I work in a photo oh, lab. We can let's get work it. together. An Framed post, an eight foot <laughs> <laughs> giant banners. I, I work at a university. It's got a giant beige building. That there's nothing on the wall at the moment. We could we could just drop that as a giant <laughs> baby Dave Michael Jackson esque banner. We should post it all over the city. I think the the ultimate punchline to all. Oh, you know what we should do? We should do um put it on the QBB. wanted posters or like lost posters. Oh, <laughs> have you seen have baby you seen Dave? This man. <laughs> The, the, the ultimate punchline to Lost all of this. Baby day. The ultimate punchline to all of this, I'm just gonna say is I looked at I looked at Reese, who actually did the ordering of the DVD, and just looked at him and said, You guys are gonna be so disappointed when you finally what, do see Do you remember this. your scene? Yeah, I did two scenes what, what, in that episode. Was, Can you do us a dramatic the, recreation? No, I can't what, remember. What my were your lines? I don't remember my lines, but I was Madge's <laughs> occupational therapist. <gasps> oh my Madge. god! They're yeah. eating her! <laughs> Somebody at work said <laughs> Then they're gonna eat me! What a mess. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> you can't open with that. It that expects us to move on. It was a Troll 2 reference, baby. And now for the, the glorious the Troll 2. Um, all right, so you thought porn was harmless, right? Well, the... Uh, no, I, I really injured myself once. That's a different story. <laughs> in America, the NSA actually has special rooms in their office, <laughs> which where they watch porn because they're looking for secret terrorist messages in the porn. <laughs> and then they also have... Trained therapist on staff because watching all this porn <laughs> affects their agents, apparently. <laughs> this is your tax dollars at work, people. <laughs> the, the splatter pattern looks like the face of Jesus. I really want to see... Her nipples are pointing to Mecca. <laughs> I really want to see. I really want to see one of these porn films where it has apparently secret messages. I, I just I, it boggles my mind as to what would actually. This be. might explain all these teenagers that are going off and joining joining ISIS. <laughs> They're jacking off, going, going. Ooh, 
I don't know why, but something's changed. <laughs> I, I want to point out to the listeners at home in, in, in their pillow forts that, that we were making the jacking off no, uh, motions Why we because we could not tell that story without <laughs> yeah, air jacking you off. You have to do the air jacking off motion. But uh, from that... I think oh, we really fuck. need to talk about Dianne Feinstein or Senator Dianne mm. Feinstein. Senator Dianne Feinstein is an American <laughs> senator. She is actually in a position of power. Mm. Let me stress this. A position of power who actually uh, doesn't seem to understand how the internet works. <laughs> Wait, so, like, like how many other senators? Right? No, no, apparently, <laughs> apparently, you know, you are- Our own prime minister, yeah, yeah. our own communications <laughs> minister. You're all aware of the anarchist We had to edit right? out, actually. Yeah. We yeah. Had we, to, we, sorry, we had to edit out a five-minute sequence there just for the listeners where we just enumerated all the people <laughs> that don't know how the internet <laughs> The anarchist cookbook has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yes. It has actually been available in public libraries. I remember someone at, at school who got, um, this is taking me back, who, who got- um, suspended for bringing that in on a floppy disk. So, you know. I had, that, a, I had a printed copy. I actually made a grenade from the Anarchist cookbook. <laughs> well, yeah. you'd be interested to know that what she actually had to say was... It involved tennis, a tennis ball and a, many matches. <laughs> what she says is she says... Secret messages in porn. Uh, <laughs> I am particularly struck that the uh, alleged bombers uh, made use of an online uh, bomb-making guides like the Anarchist Cookbook and Inspire magazine. These documents are not, in my view, protected by the First Amendment and should be removed (laughs) from the internet. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Right on, on, baby. (laughs) We'll just get right on that and take that off the internet (laughs) from the one source that that it is sitting on right now. Uh, Yes, uh, Get an education lady and then come back to us. And uh, do you I, love, the- I love how that picture actually has her holding a pencil. It's like very. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what the worst part is? This is this is a Democrat from California. This is theoretically one of my one of my, one of my politicians. I'm very right. I'm very upset by this. I'm very upset. She's by this got motion. glasses. She looks intelligent. <laughs> she must be smart. Oh, she has yeah. also five thousand. She's, she's years got old, a though, pearl so. necklace too. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh I think that what? comment. What are you guys be, thinking? That of? comment. <laughs> should, that comment thinking, should be removed from the internet. <laughs> I was thinking about that room back at the NSA. Quite frankly, when you mentioned that. Tell me about the porn monkeys, David. Uh, uh, okay, so. The Porn monkeys. You think we're having trouble rolling out the NBN? In India, they're trying to roll out. <laughs> Sorry, I have trouble with this. Just look at the picture. <laughs> they're trying to roll out broadband all over India, but because of sacred sites and old buildings and things that they can't touch, they're basically suspending their cable everywhere because they can't go underground. And these particular monkeys have decided that they like the taste of these cables. So they're going around eating all of the broadband cables. <laughs> Uh, Where's the nearest exchange? (laughs) (laughs) Once again, I bring your attention to the monkey. (laughs) Uh, You guys worry about the impending robot apocalypse. I I still worry about the monkey apocalypse. (laughs) apocalypse. Because they've got our internet. (laughs) That's that's what Diane Feinstein should launch at the internet, a series of monkeys. Monkeys. (laughs) uh, Monkeys will get rid of that book for her, no problem at all. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So they're actually, this is an $18 billion billion rollout plan uh, for information revolution, as they're calling it. But apparently they can't put their cables underground because of temples and stuff. And the monkeys have de- <laughs> have apparently discovered a taste for uh, optical fiber, fiber cables. <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you know that 
the idea of acid rain and all these other things about nuclear reactors, we actually have one floating above our heads right now. Apparently, it's been there for 50 years. It was part of a science experiment <laughs> where they actually uh, launched a... A weather uh, balloon. No, they launched a <laughs> nuclear... They said it was weather balloon. <laughs> they launched a nuclear reactor into space to see how well it would actually do in space for space right. for space travel. It was, you know, a success in many ways. The the thing did work and so forth, but it didn't last as long as they thought. I think it only went for like 23, 23 days or something like that. And it's been orbiting ever since. And so now we have this dead reactor floating around above our heads. It's just it's just waiting. It's the, the aliens can take it at any moment. Well, what, interestingly, what? Enough, <laughs> interestingly enough, NASA and so forth have never been that worried about it because it's in this wonderful orbit that they say will stay up there you know, for another 3,000 years, theoretically. Mm. But with the increased amount of space junk floating around <laughs> up there, the chances are it could now be hit by mm. something else. Like gravity. Um, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> George, George Clooney. Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just spinning in space. <laughs> and we could have this reactor come down on our heads. <laughs> now, I mean, the reactor is not running. There's a picture of it, by hey. the way. The reactor is not running at the moment because, of course, it failed after the first 23 days. It's been up there since the 1960s. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's just kicking around. We could bring down the reactor, but we don't want to. Well, we just it's fire there them. for when we need it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand in this day and age why don't we send somebody up there to actually like kickstart it again or bring it back, or I don't know, do something with it. It's, it's better to have a, f- a nuclear reactor floating in space and not need it than to need a floating <laughs> reactor in space and not have it. Well, they never have to launch it again. They just have to send a Mr. Fix-It up there to fix it. Someone they need, they need to send roadside assistance. What they need is Bruce Willis and a team. <laughs> <laughs> and Aerosmith. And yes. they'll be fine. I just want someone to go up there and write Banksy on it or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to close my eyes. Now this is my don't f- want to fall asleep because I miss you, <laughs> this babe. Is, this is like and I, I think, don't want to. I think miss every episode thing. we've done of Geek actually the, the reboot has mentioned Armageddon in some way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah it really has. And, and I always have to do the postscript of written by JJ Abrams. <laughs> Animal crackers. <laughs> now. Just Liv Tyler. In. I could watch two hours of Liv Tyler. I love Animal Crackers. I think the opening of Armageddon. Oh, and in the belly is, button. Oh. Do you guys remember the opening of Armageddon where it shows the extinction of the dinosaurs and then it goes a bill, like 15 billion years it's later? <laughs> that really happens, people. Go, go put, put the DVD what on. What I think is amazing is they had a camera there. What I thought was really interesting <laughs> that, that Armageddon was a Criterion collection. Yeah, that, was when, that was when Bruce Willis semi-tried. Michael yeah. Bay... Created time travel to go back and get that shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Now, <laughs> no expense was. My there. favorite story of the week, hands down, bar none, because it is a throwback to an old Tech Actually episode. If right. you go back, people, and listen to Tech Actually, there was an episode where we talked about 3D porn. And we talked about the idea that somebody was actually working on the idea of developing touchable 3D porn, where you could actually, it could be tangible. You could actually interact is it, with is, it. Sorry, yeah. just interrupt. Is it, isn't that having sex? <laughs> well, there that people. wouldn't be fun. No. <laughs> so, with a woman. Apparently, hold on it's to only your fun when people. 3D is yeah. involved, right? <laughs> Hang on to your patooties, people, because we're getting, on your we are gloves. getting closer now. With, uh, with uh, VR and <laughs> Oculus Rift, check out this. This is a video I'm showing the guys. You can check out this video by following the show link. This is a 3D rendering in Oculus Rift of the interaction. <laughs> so a way to get this to play here. We'll be in business. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so what this I'm, is a, what I'm looking at is just right? a picture of a guy touching breasts. Yeah, but it's not. That's all 3D rendered. 
That's a complete simulation. Oh, wow. So he's reaching out in his Oculus Rift. This is what he's seeing. Okay. But it's a 3D model. But that, that's how I touch breasts. So I don't know about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> left and right. And left and, and right. Here. And left and right. And here's another <laughs> one. <laughs> Touchable 3D. I'll be right yeah, <laughs> we, we actually said at the time when we talked about this and we laughed hysterically about it was, of course, you know, touchable 3D. What would it be used for? Of course, porn. Well, we weren't far off. <laughs> it's like deleted that, look, scenes from from, some, a, from a technical yeah. point of view. I'm I think it's brilliant. It's mesmerizing. It is mesmerizing, but on every other level, <laughs> I'm disturbed. <laughs> she doesn't even have arms. <laughs> I, I, that's all, I love that's the, all we bothered to render. render. I love the um, the caption below that. Just scroll down, David, <laughs> which was, is it perfect? No, the uncanny of the skin becomes particularly apparent in the second vine, which seems to make it, uh, seems as it make it look as you're pressing jello instead of human skin. <laughs> but still, that's pretty decent, eh? Now, I'd like to point out the position <laughs> she's standing in. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is. I wonder very, what's happening very there. Weird. Anyway, no, so this this in no way objectifies women at all. Not nah. at all. Do you know no. what though? Would we be as fascinated if they were stroking a penis on screen? If it was just a cock well, if he, wobbling if, back if and he's forth. touching it like he is in this video, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> It'd no, be what, like, like what you actually need in that video <laughs> is a three D cock floating back and forth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> painting all the right. picture of Christ or something. I actually found on 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 uh, Urban Dictionary this week. I was I was I was looking up because someone was talking to me about um, the, the 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 lyrics to the the Frasier theme song. I don't know what to do with those tossed salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I said, yeah. well, you know what tossing the salad means, mm. right? And they said, does scrambled eggs mean anything? So we looked it up, and scrambled eggs means, according to the Urban Dictionary, is to ejaculate on a woman's <laughs> breast and then to use your penis to whisk the semen as though you were scrambling eggs. Ron Jeremy's favorite move. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. The whole two podcasts in a row of a run, yeah. The, the whole of like that Frasier theme song is now about analingus <laughs> and ejaculating onto breasts as it I'm, should be. I'm as coming again. I'm coming again. Bum, yeah, bum, bum. <laughs> quite stylish. <laughs> <laughs> Scram- and then, and then the better, scrambled eggs all over my face <laughs> is the final line of that. You're ruining Fraser for me. I want to know if they were thinking about that when they actually wrote that line. I, I'd like to think so. I, don't I think there's, like there's think a subversive so. thread mm-hmm. all throughout. There's <laughs> subliminal messages in porn and in Frasier. Frasier's all, always <laughs> had that about, West Porn is about terrorism. Kind of yeah. to it anyway. um, guess what time it is. Your move, creep. Oh yes, DARPA's back. I've never, I've never listened to the show before. Does that mean? <laughs> so it is now time for the impending robot apocalypse. Oh, right. yeah. As we've said many we, times on this show, we don't believe in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Although you do, I believe. But I do believe mm. that robots are coming together. I'm still annoyed that you haven't changed that stupid '80s chill out music. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from the first Terminator. That's, that's yeah, a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I believe in the um, impending pony apocalypse. 
or the impending miniature muntjac apocalypse. <laughs> Just- For those who are first-time <laughs> listeners to the show, we've had we've had skin that feels, we've had computers with emotions, we've had uh, robot dogs, robot dogs, robot snakes. We've had uh, weird robotic nurses to deal Dude, with. Dude, the- you just showed me a clip with 3D <coughs> Jello titties and 3D Jello titties. Put them all together. One of the one of, one of the biggest culprits. In. One you of the biggest dog with 3D tits. <laughs> one of the biggest <laughs> who will take over the world. I, did, I can't get past the fact that you just had a dog with 3D tits. I'm sorry. Now, one of the biggest culprits of the robot apocalypse has got to be DARPA, our defense uh, of people who are just out there to kill us all. Um, basically, and this they are the final testing stages of what they're now referring to as their ghost ship, <laughs> which is a self propelled, self-driving ship that basically goes around and spies on people with nobody on board. So it's like a water drone. Basically, but it's a full-size boat, you know, and this thing goes, apparently it's going up and down estuaries at the moment, not running into rocks and stuff, so they're very happy with the fact that this is floating on its own. And it's is last it armed? And, no, it's just, okay. it's just a surveillance <laughs> vessel. But, Richard, how long until they arm it? <laughs> or how long until they reveal that it's armed? Well, yeah, there's that too. Um, this this is how they're getting the 3D modeling for the, uh, the the touchable porn. No, it's like it's like it's like the the going end, around spying yeah. on actual things. It's like the end of some alien invasion movie where they're all like, "The military's been wiped out. What do we do? We're out of weapons." And it's like, Send in we should ship. probably reveal that the ships were armored. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get the sequence. You know? oh Why did you God. put nukes on board, though? Because the day might <laughs> you have never come. never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So See, yes. we can write movies, guys. <laughs> no, we really can't. <laughs> but speaking of movies... It'll be much less terrifying if you just come to me. What man's got Make love in a hammock. Ah, yes, the section that became a podcast that then got demoted back to being a section again. Welcome to Film Actually, everybody. Now, this is a section that Richard really wanted to come in for, because <laughs> he hasn't seen the film. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't tell them that. I was just going to just pretend that I had. <laughs> Go, oh, yeah, that Vin Diesel, he's drove he, a car he, and he's stuff. He's awesome. No, it's all right. Richard can drop out halfway through and we'll just replace him with some like edit- editing. <laughs> <laughs> with jello titties. You know, three, three years of podcast. Too far off to be fair. <laughs> Three years of podcast, I reckon I could cut together a review from, from all of your I'm sure it mentioned Vin Diesel. I'm sure it mentioned yeah. uh, CGI Paul yeah, Walker. I reckon, reckon we, could just, we could just piece it together and nobody would know. My understanding is that Ahmed Best plays Paul Walker in this. <laughs> that's, that's all I need to know. Then. All right. As usual with film, actually, we like to start the week with what we've been watching section, but... I think we all know what we've been watching, haven't we? Netflix. Netflix. Lots and lots of Netflix. What have you been watching on Netflix, Richard? Uh, I watched, I binged um, all of House of Cards season three, Mm -hmm. uh, which was amazing and ends on a hell of a gut punch. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Basically, uh, uh, Kevin Spacey uh, turns out to be uh, a space alien. It's really weird. Um, I've been watching that. I started watching Daredevil, of course, um, but I haven't been home much since it launched yesterday afternoon, our time. So I'm going to binge the rest of it this afternoon. I've also started watching a series called Bloodline, which is amazing. Uh, that's got Ben Mendelsohn. It's an amazing cast. It's like Ben Mendelsohn, um, Kyle Chandler, Sissy Spasek, um, uh, Sam Shepard. Uh, Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini. You know, it's just an amazing cast. It's just one of those Netflix Also, Chloe Sevigny. Yeah, she turns it? up later yeah, in the season, yeah. doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. So it's just 
phenomenal casting. Check this out. Yeah, it's really good. I also watched BoJack Horseman. Oh, there, you were telling us about this at comedy, which is yeah. an animated show with Will Arnett voicing um, a a like basically a man with a horse's head. He's a horse. Um, but he's like sort of acts like a human who was in an 80s or 90s sitcom where he looked after three hu- human children, basically Charles in charge with a horse. <laughs> and, and it's like him, you know, his life now and washed up and him trying to write his autobiography and his washed up life and dealing with that and being miserable and stuff. It's, it's one of those really kind of adult swim style kind of cartoons or, or something a little bit Bob's Burgerishy kind of that kind of vibe to it. It's that sort of sense of humor. So, and because Will Arnett's too. got the voice in it, you kind of... You yeah. can't help it. Yeah, you can't help yeah. it. It's, it, it can it's, just say anything and it's fine. It's really good. And also um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is yeah. amazing. Really, I've really funny. i watched half of the first episode. It's, I've got to get back to it. <laughs> it's, it's really, 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 really funny. Yeah. And it's Tina Fey creation. So yeah, if you like 30 Rock, you're, you'll yeah. be in. Yeah. I've, ha- I've had to up my... my Board, uh, my bandwidth allowance, but hell, I don't care. Like I, I'm binging I'm unlimited, now. so I'm I'm wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm ruined. This uh, this week has been a little bit slim for me on watching. I haven't watched anyone's upon them this week. <laughs> uh, but I did fi- I did finish I did finish rebinging uh, IT Crowd. Hey, uh, so that's all done now. So I can I can nice. move on from there, which I just absolutely adore that series. Uh, also caught up with the first two episodes of Daredevil, but we'll talk about more of that on the behind the panel show next week. So we'll behind the panels one thirty eight one thirty eight. So we'll hold off on that that's until. <laughs> next week and we will come back to more Star Trek in a minute because we have been ma- having a magical mystery tour down Star Trek mm-hmm. uh, for Dave uh, I did re-watch this week because my son really wanted to see it Forrest Gump um, and so Run, it's, Forrest yeah, Gump! it's been so life's like a box of chocolates it's been so um, no, it's fucking not <laughs> <laughs> it's um it was Your life is like a box of chocolates. I always get the fucking Turkish delight. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Mm. I'm just coming back and watching hey, it again. Yeah. It is a it is a really good can film. Can I can I go on record as saying I hate that film? Well, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Get off my fucking chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be quite happy as long as I can never have to talk about Forrest Gump ever again. Um, Forrest Gump, that's the movie where it teaches you like that if you're an idiot, everything good will happen to absolutely. you. Absolutely. But if you're a woman and you try, life will do nothing but shit on you. Yeah. I, to I be think, fair though, she never right? actually tried. She was out there, and she just took she took every bad mistake. You, you mean possibly. besides getting AIDS and no, what I'm saying, dying in childbirth? No no, 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 but that's what I'm saying. She, she got no, I'm saying she got all these, she's got all these hardships on her, but ninety ninety five percent of the things that she that happened to her, she brought upon herself. Am I supposed to raise a child? Yeah. I love you, yeah. Janae. I thought I thought she, she was actually, she was actually I reckon essential. I love you. <laughs> I'm not a Shit smart man. Happens. I'm not a smart man. I, I'm not I a smart man. The captain now. All right, so, all right, so you don't I like... about the fifth Captain Phillips reference in a row, too. You don't like Forrest Gump. What is well, your stance then. on Forrest Gump? Sorry, what did you I say? love Forrest Gump. I think Forrest yeah. Gump's wonderful. I like I like looking at Forrest Gump through the weird lens that it's it, that as I said before, it's it's about how an idiot can you know <laughs> win by being an idiot. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's true. It's, it's the history of America through what the eyes it? of an what idiot. Is it? <laughs> you know, ignorance is <laughs> ignorance is bliss, and in his case, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I love Forrest Gump more for the digital trickery that goes yeah. on in that and the way it's and made. I think it's amazingly a enough, it amazing. holds up so well. But to be mm. fair, I have not seen the movie in like a decade. I watched it on Blu-ray longer. last week, so I'm watching it in the best possible quality. You can watch mm. it, and ninety percent of the effects work is still seamless. Yeah, what doesn't work? Some of the older clips with just the mouth movements on some of the uh, the. 
like where he's on TV with presidents and stuff like that. Right. Some of that, the blending is good. It's just that because they're having them say other things, they've had to re-manipulate the mouths. And uh, some of that doesn't hold up so well. But when you look at things like Lieutenant Dan's legs and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that is phenomenal work. You know, And you go, this is just for a 10-year-old. I thought foot. they actually chopped his legs up. <laughs> <laughs> and then reattached them later. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, other than Star Trek, what have you Ooh, been watching? I've been watching a lot of stuff this week. I watched, uh, I'm, I'm six episodes into Daredevil, of course, but we're going to talk about that on Behind the Panel, mm. so yep. no point to talk about that now. Um, I watched nine episodes of Bloodline, mm. which I think Bloodline seriously is some of the best writing I've seen on TV in yep. ages. I think it's absolutely a must, must watch. Um, and now you can get Netflix for free for a month, you can. Yeah, mm. no, seriously, it, this, this show is just tight as a barrel it's yeah I, it's I, gripping gripping dramatic television get netflix and like binge yeah. that and daredevil yeah. and it's you paid for you you oh, paid, you paid for it yeah 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 and um ben mendelson in that show is absolutely just a revelation it's mm. a stunning stunning Actually, performance get netflix for a month and just binge out all the netflix original content yeah you know it's like and yeah then, just, and then you're done. just get netflix <laughs> yeah that's that's it change <laughs> email addresses and do it all again when the next show you want to watch comes <laughs> yeah. out i also watched all of unbreakable kimmy the week before which i love i love tina yeah. fey i just wanted to mention a couple things though that i did watch that i haven't talked to you guys about yet i watched this documentary uh a feature-length documentary called going clear mm-hmm. which is a hbo documentary about scientology Oh, I want to see and, it. And it's, it's, it's coming out in Australia very soon. I had a pre-screener. And it's um, basically what it is, is it interviews all of the people that have left Scientology in the recent years. And we're not talking about like some second grade person who was in Scientology for like a couple of days. We're talking about people that like achieved like second in charge that left. Paul Haggis, the, the writer-director mm. who left after years. We got hidden camera footage. We have... Um, like they use drones to fly over the Scientology I didn't know Paul buildings. Was a he was, yeah, wow, for like no, thirty-five no. years or something ridiculous. Do you know Beck like is this. a Scientologist. Yeah, really. Yeah. The the, the Tom half Cruise. The, Tom half Cruise. The cast of Mallrats two are Scientologists. So. Really. Tom yeah. Cruise. There's thirty minutes of this documentary dedicated to Tom Cruise, and and it, it goes into real real insane details about What's Scientology it called again? going clear, and because um, clear is when you're mm-hmm. yeah and. Uh, Basically, it's like the the kind of stuff that is told in this documentary is so horrific and frightening that I, I don't want to say it out loud here because it it just it would sound like I'm making it up. Like we all I know we this. all know what Scientologists believe, but the depths that it goes to beyond the doors is madness. No, I want to see this. Absolutely, I want to see this. This this is a must must watch um, film. Highly recommend it. Um, and the other thing I saw on another note was SpongeBob SquarePants, the, oh, what's it the like? sequel. What's it like? um, I really loved it. Yeah, no, the trailer's very um, funny. I did a review on the website and um, which website? Uh, Damngoodcup.com. Oh, there you yeah, go. yeah. And uh, basically, I had I loved the movie you up until the doors back open. Did you? I did. Yeah, I also wrote a review for <laughs> Furious Seven. Hey. Yeah. Um, yeah, but with SpongeBob, the cool thing about SpongeBob is that unlike the trailers, most of it is the two D SpongeBob right, right. that we know and love. And it is as wacky and insane as you can expect. I mean, you were talking, Dave, about watching the IT crowd, right? Mm-hmm. You know the boss? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the voice of this dolphin <laughs> that is like the watcher. Was it Matt Berry? Matt Berry, yeah. yeah. He, Matt he, Berry is he, a dolphin. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's a dolphin that watches the universe from, <laughs> from a triangle spaceship 
<laughs> in the stars, <laughs> and he shoots a laser from his his uh, little hole thing. Yeah, and um, and every second word he's he says is is got the the dolphin gibberish, like the. <laughs> but it's just your wacky, insane, mad SpongeBob stuff. But the live action, st- I, th- I think, is a bit weak because oh, they do shame. they do this thing. It, it, it only is the last twenty minutes of the movie, but there's this running undercurrent of like. And you guys have all seen the trailers. Mm-hmm. Everyone's probably seen the trailers. They know what they look like. They're like super powered versions of yeah, themselves yeah. and giant size and versions. giant size. And but they're so different from who they are in the show that you're kind of like, why in the last twenty minutes did they change the characters? Mm. completely and so you kind of have this sour taste but um overall i really like spongebob uh, i do need to see this <laughs> if you yeah. like matt berry there's a there's a show you should watch called Snuffbox, which is him and rich vulture i'll quickly pull this up because i love love these scenes it's just interesting you love his voice here which is my lady oh, i don't know if this is uh, i don't think you're plugged in i don't dude. think i'm plugged in but <laughs> why, why are you, <laughs> you like that? To, i was like, like to be plugged in yeah let, let me try this in distress and i'm here to rescue her <laughs> thanks <laughs> They say chivalry's dead, but I think you're making a pretty strong case for its revival. <laughs> well, I'm always ready to help a uh, beautiful lady. I help the ugly ones as well, but I definitely say you're in the former camp. <laughs> Where am I taking this? Well, it's only a few streets away. I'm moving in with my boyfriend. Fuck Ian. You. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole series of things where he's trying to pick someone up the- and he says, hey, my boyfriend goes, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just imagine him as a dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one more thing, one more thing. Uh, the week before I went to the cinema as well and I watched uh, this movie called Infinitely Polar Bear. Oh, I've heard about this. And yeah. um, Which has got Mark Ruffalo, mm. who's a bipolar dad and his... Uh, uh, situation with his wife played by Zoe Saldana and their children and it's a movie ab- about um, bipolar and how that affects a family and uh, it's a really wonderful little movie it's very intimate it's very small it's quirky uh, it's produced by J.J. Abrams' company oh, okay. uh, Bad, Bad Robot, Robot. and um, just a beautiful film absolutely beautiful film that I really recommend fantastic well I think that's it's really, a serious thing I think that only leaves one thing left to do which is to talk about Star Trek but as we've been doing every week, because we're now up to Star Trek 3, we have Star Trek 3's theme. Yay! more peaceful mm. theme than they've had in the past. Can I just say, Klingon, bastards, you killed my son. <laughs> oh, here we go. Anyway. <laughs> just look at your Enterprises up on the shelf there in this majestic kind of... <laughs> So, first of Did all... Did they find him? So, first of all, let's talk about <laughs> season three of Next Gen. Yes. So, we've hit season three. New callers? <laughs> uh, yesterday's Enterprise. Yesterday's oh, Enterprise. Yeah. And we brought back Tasha Yar, but I didn't actually mind him. <laughs> she was less annoying. Yeah. <laughs> season three, I think, was where the entire series turned around. It was... Uh, mm. It was... 
rebirth <laughs> to that series. They changed yeah. the look of it. They changed the style. Of I remember it. watching them at the time when they came <clears> out, and as much as I loved Trek at the time, and I was really into it. There was a it, it hit sort of fever pitch around that time, mm. and I remember being at I was at school at the time, and and we all were kind of just really super into uh, Star Trek at that time. We and it was, it was because of that season three four kind of period, mm. we were just obsessed with it. Everything was track. Everything was everything was awesome. Everything was and, awesome. Yeah, and it just because the stories <laughs> just went up a notch, and the cliffhanger, of course. Well, of course, mm. we we ending on. Uh, Best of both, Best of both worlds, 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 part one. You also get people like, which is also uh, the name of a a uh, porno. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, chicks with dicks that put mine to shame. shame. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's also got Ronald D. Moore's first episode, which is an amazing episode called "The Bonding." If you guys, remember. oh, I remember the bonding. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's where the the child loses his parents and is brought on the Enterprise, and they in the hollow deck they create. The, his mother for him mm-hmm. and the whole episode is about like the boy having to come to terms with with death the concept of death really wonderful episode but yeah I think Best of Both Worlds takes the cake for this season doesn't mm. it oh absolutely and I think yesterday's, and I think yesterday's Q, Enterprise yeah. as well though. I mean yesterday's Enterprise mm. is a phenomenal, phenomenal episode yeah. which sets in motion a series of events that's going to come back and haunt them for seasons to come yeah. uh, which is the Tasha Yar storyline which is going on to become uh, Commander What's her goddamn name when she's a when she's a oh uh, yeah um, um, uh, it starts with an S oh yeah I can't remember I'm, I can't remember yeah, her name yeah. the, the Romulan that is the offspring of Tasha Yar oh um um oh jeez it's probably like Samalak or something Samalak <laughs> <laughs> only we had oh, an interconnected like, group yeah, of computers yeah. that we could there's actually there's probably people there at home just yelling at yelling at us the yeah. anyway oh is it start with a T anyway I can't remember anyway uh, Richard's <laughs> or, looking it up or I think, a Q Sela Sela S it wasn't S yeah and so that yesterday's Enterprise Such episode an awesome episode is yeah. so important mm. Flash to all of that. Denise Crosby is the paternal granddaughter of Entertainer Bing Crosby. <laughs> Knew that. Yeah, just a flash fact for you. Flash fact. There you flash fact. Everybody hates Denise Crosby. <laughs> more, more than Will Wheaton. Ah, uh, yeah. I think, well, they killed her off by a trash bag. So. Uh, Wesley becomes tolerable, I think, after yeah. a while. He grows up. You know, especially when you only have to see him like twice a season. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think this is the first time where the show really clicks in into amazing episodes. Well, like Deanna prior, Tro- prior you get some really, like- really great ones. Now you get like they know where they're going. The, um, this is the season Michael Pillar opened up um, to spec scripts. Yep, where they started getting in uh, a whole new team of writers to and um, to do really original material. You know, uh, and the the show just feels alive now. Mm. You know, I, yeah, I think we also it, it was a season where everybody felt like they had a position. Uh, Deanna mm. Troy didn't feel like a cheerleader anymore. Yes. She actually felt yeah. like she had a position in the ship. Mm. Uh, we had Doctor, we had our Doctor back. We yeah, got Crusher back. Yeah, that's right. Crusher uh, because back. Pulaski came in in season two, and suddenly oh, we got Crusher great. back. And Crusher became a much more interesting character I think in from mm. season three mm. onwards as well um, and so Worf you, becomes a character and, yeah, and Worf is no longer just window dressing yeah we actually have Worf doing something and the budget's increased it's yes yeah because she had yeah. things like Sins of the Father in season three which was mm. like a very and yes I, and oh if, Sins of the Father is a great episode yeah, yeah. yeah. introduce well, the whole house yeah. of Mog and all this stuff. yeah because I, I remember like watching docos at the time or when the DVDs first came out and they were talking about the fact that season three was when they gave themselves permission to start building continuity into the show well, we also and not inter- just have like, you know, Monster of the Week kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and, no. and we introduced Galron into the into Oh, the of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Galron yeah. was fabulous. Yeah. Now, 
we're gonna the go Sons of Mo. We're gonna talk about Star <laughs> Trek right. three in a yeah. minute, which actually kind of was the mm-hmm. birth of the modern Klingon. But Gowron just absolutely embodied everything that had come before. Because w- when I was in the states recently, <clears throat> for some reason on BBC America of all channels, they were just marathoning um, Star Trek. So whenever I was like late at night and I couldn't sleep in my hotel room, <laughs> I was just watching Next Gen, and it had stuff from all over the map in there. And they, would, they had that episode later on. I think it's like must be season five or six when Kalis returns. And, oh um, yeah, that's much later. Were, yeah, yeah, and they were referencing back to that. But then you see the seeds that they planted for all that storyline, mm. and 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 Worf's dissatisfaction and his struggle with his heritage all starts back in that kind of sense mm. of the yeah, yeah. thing. All that. I think season three is a pivotal season in next gen. I think if season three had just done more of season two, or if it had just done more of season one, I think the series wouldn't have lasted as long as it did. Mm. I think the fact that they actually they they it was the season where it became of age. Yeah, and they basically said now yeah. we're our own and, and in fact, I'm looking. Yeah. At, I'm looking at. I just want to. Why are you looking at that? Sorry, I just wanted to mention one. One episode was one of my favorites ever. Was called the Captain's Holiday. Oh, great! And, stuff. Uh, I love that. And yeah. that's yeah, that's where Vash. P- yeah, Vash. Yeah, mm. where, where Picard gets an episode. Basically, oh, you've got the one. Yeah. You got Deja Q, where Q loses all his powers. Oh, yes, and Corbin yeah. Burnson makes his appearance as a Q. Yeah. I should have done this thing where I looked at the episodes before. <laughs> oh, there was that one, a matter of perspective, where there's a murder and and they look at all the different perspectives on that. It's like they ration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, episode. One, um, There's the offspring with um, uh, 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 where uh, Data has Lau, his daughter. Yes. Which is a great episode. Oh, God, there's so many. There's so many good ones. Yeah, season uh, three was a phenomenal season. Oh, Sarek. Get behind your oh, microphone. Oh, yeah, Sarek with uh, – <laughs> that's when Mark Leonard's introduced. Yes. Yeah, the original. That's, that's, that's for memory where you get the very first um, mention of Spock. Yeah. Yes. Because Spock yeah. comes back season four, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Season four or five. Uh, I think I – think yeah, with I think it's five. With unification. Uh, yeah, yeah. The two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it's four. Uh, might be five. I get actually. confused with yeah. the relics. But relics isn't Spock. Relics that's, is that's, much later. It's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I, I, yeah. That's season six, I think. I think. Maybe it's five, five, six, whatever. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Next <laughs> next week, I promise. I'll I'll look. I'll do some. You research. forgot we do. You forgot we're yeah. doing a retrospective <laughs> yeah. on Star I was thinking about DS Nine a lot. Oh, because you've been doing DS Nine at the moment. We're going to we're going to cover DS Nine a little bit more by itself because yeah. there's enough to talk about with okay. that all by itself. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Star Trek Three as well because as we're doing each season, we're also mm-hmm. talking about the movies. Star Trek Three: The Search of Spock was the change in direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonard Nimoy actually got to direct this one for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually still kept um, Nicholas Mayer as an exec producer. Yep. Um, Harv Bennett, of course, still produced it. And it was a change of pace mm. for uh, Star Trek. I love The Search for Spock, I should me say. Me too. Yeah. And I've seen, I saw it oh. several times. At I the think cinema. it's like taken as a trilogy yeah. with, with two and four. It's, mm. it's, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. It's, that's I think it's the most before, Trek-like yeah. Of the original movies, yeah, in an odd way, even like, even little things like the the kind of cheap sets, <laughs> like the, <laughs> it's they, all it's all studio based, it, you know. It's um, and by studio based, I, I mean like, yeah, you know, it's the, all the, indoors, the it's all falling apart. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, yeah, it, it has that feel of of an original series episode, mm. you know. Like, yeah. you know, we go down to the planet. You know, it's bigger budgeted, obviously, you know. I had bigger budget than part yeah. two. Um, it was actually, I think it was actually a bigger hit than part two. And there's two Christopher well. Lloyd chewing scenery as yeah, a Klingon. Yeah, I was going to talk about yeah. Christopher Lloyd. So Christopher Lloyd comes on and uh, at this point, Klingons were in the motion picture, mm-hmm. but they weren't quite right. There was something no. kind of fish looking about mm. them. And, <laughs> and they're only very, very brief in the... in um. In it as well. Absolutely. So uh, Leonard Nimoy made a really interesting choice because he Mm. cast comedians Mm. as the Klingons. We had John Larroquette. We had Christopher Lloyd. Mm. um, And that pet. 
And that pet dog, yeah. feed him. Yeah. <laughs> and James Horner, who stayed on to do the music for this one, as we heard from that theme that was leading us in through the talk, it was a much gentler score for uh, Search for mm. Spock because it was all about Spock and finding his Katra and all this sort of stuff. But he did bring on this music for our Klingons, which actually set the tone. And this music reprise in Next Generation all the time, which was this. Which just it's basically of, the Klingon theme now. It's the Klingon yeah. theme now, and he basically set the tone. Now that, funnily enough, that that riff, that da da da, da mm. was actually in the next in the Star Trek the Motion Picture as yes. well. But it's in the background. So Jerry Goldsmith created mm. that, and James Horner took it and just and spun it. Yeah, and he just spun it into adding his percussion in the background yeah. and everything else. And Horner made it his own. I guess one of the odd benefits of the Search for Spock too of of Spock not being in the movie for the majority of it is that everybody else gets a bit more screen time. You know, like they... Pretty much, Yeah, yes. and, and you get some really cool stuff with Bones this time around. You know, like particularly the whole like Hokum storyline of like that there's a part of Spock in Bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, well, he's got his yeah. cutter in his head. Yeah, yeah, you know, and the scarves that you he wears. green blooded. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right, you know. Yeah. And like all those... Like w- super weird scenes that play really funny now, but I'm sure they would have been taken deadly serious when it and was released. You guys- like you know when it's like it's like a black silhouette and it's like Spark, is that you? Yeah, <laughs> and it's clearly Nimoy's and voice, what, what and then he walks it? in the sh- out of the light and he's you know, don't call me tiny. No, what was, what was with <laughs> not the, in front of the Klingons? What please. was with that guy? What was with that guy who Uhura was with? Remember in the in the room when they're stealing the ship? Who looks like. Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you That's right, because that's the one where they steal the ship, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, they steal yeah, the yeah. ship. What is, also, what is, speaking of ships, it's the introduction of the Klingon bird of prey as yes. well, oh, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the destruction of the Enterprise. Oh, yeah. The, fir- the first yeah. time the Enterprise yeah, was yeah, destroyed right, yeah. in a long history of cinematic <laughs> what destruction. Is there's, the nobody, there's nobody else here, <laughs> only the computer, and it's talking. What's it saying? Eight. Seven. <laughs> Seven. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's a fabulous film. I really yeah. enjoyed it. And of course, we also got into all sorts of weird Vulcan mysticism in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, we yeah, to yeah. Have weird Vulcan music to go with it. <laughs> this is. It's one of the things that's always kind of like been the, the great. Um, contradictions with Vulcans that they've got like this the perfectly logical and everything's about logic and order and whatnot yet they've got this rich religion yeah, yeah. that yeah, runs exactly. underneath it about yeah. that it's basically reincarnation and chakras <laughs> and stuff like that and it's so weirdly done yeah like it's, it's like at the end of this movie isn't it like like um Spark what are you back it's like <laughs> Jim I don't remember but yeah. I will <laughs> like what's going on in this? I am like, Grand will and always shall be. I liked you your better friend. when you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's Actually, true. Well, that's in Star Five. Well, so well, well, my question is like, what's like? Why couldn't they just have written that Spock comes back as Spock? Like, why did they need to do this whole amnesia? Because like, yeah. because they play it to beautiful comic effect in Star Trek Four, which, yeah. which we will talk about next yeah. week. But well, a double dumbass on you. No, <laughs> just, no, no. It's, 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 it's he took a little bit too much LDS yeah. in the 60s. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the classics. Um, I always remember this film as sitting in the Forum Cinemas in Melbourne and the opening credits, because the words were you know big, bold letters for all the credits, and it got to Dame Judith Anderson's mm. name, who played the, vo- 
Vulcan yeah, woman yeah, who yeah, does yeah. all the work. And her name was so long that it actually went off the edge. <laughs> 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 like a boom mic yeah. dropping in the shot. <laughs> so, uh, no, look, I really love this. I loved, I thought Christopher Lloyd was inspired casting. Mm. I thought the, the entire fight scene on the blowing up planet at the end was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I thought the... the and my, come on. The Klingon bastards. Oh, that scene is just that scene, and, and people sit there and they look. William Shatner is derided oh, a lot as being, you know, a mm. one note actor and blah blah blah. But he has two moments in Star Trek yeah. history where you sit there and go, "There is something there." Yeah. First one was Spock's death mm-hmm. in Star Trek Two, and his reaction about being human at the funeral, mm-hmm. and in this one with Klingon bastard yeah. killed my son. Yeah, is phenomenal. You know, that's a phenomenal, and the fact that he goes to sit down and falls off his chair yeah. going down, which I'm sure was a mistake, mm-hmm. but added so much to the effect yeah. of that scene. That you sit there and go, that's where you go. When people sit there and go, oh, William Shatner was a great actor. No, oh, he, no, he wasn't. Yeah. But that you can point at. Yeah. And you can say, think, that's a moment. And then there's a callback, and I think it's at Star Trek Six when they go, they're dying, Jim. Let them die. Let them yeah. die. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's recorded. Don't trust yeah. them. Don't trust them. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I don't think it's a question of like is William Shatner the right actor, but he, he is he, Kirk. He is exactly. Mm. It, the, it doesn't work without him. No, like, and that's the thing. He, we've know? seen. We've all seen the unaired pilot, which eventually got mm-hmm. aired, and we've all seen Pike. Yeah, yeah. And we've all seen what Star Trek could have been. Air Pike. And the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you just know that that's not the series that you wanted to see. No. If that, wa- if that series had launched, it would have died in its first season. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah, it, 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 Kirk, Kirk was Kirk was the adventurer. You know, he he was the he got his shirt of, ripped off every he was episode. The He's the guy man. you wanted to be. You yeah. know, let's he's face the guy it. you wanted to be, yeah. and girls wanted to fuck. It's yeah, as simple yeah, as that. Yeah. Absolutely, you know? or the guy that you wanted to fuck, and girls <laughs> think, wanted to be. Let's not be sexist here. I, I think you know? I think like the the kind of impressions people do of Shatner, like they do it for comedic effect as well. It's like he's not. Like he, this, oh, the time. Uh, uh. You know, like yeah. it, it's like he had a very specific cadence that, yeah. that that's even funnier. And than let's me, not you know? forget that he was Dave, brilliant. I don't like Denny the way you. Yeah, when yeah. he when he came back in Boston Legal years and years and years later, mm. Denny mm. Crane is an inspired character. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's one of those characters, actors who's had like he had Star Trek. And a lot of people associated him with them, but then he had a second major show T. with TJ Hooker, yeah. and then he had a third life uh, with Boston Legal mm. and uh, the what was it? Was that the spinoff? Yeah, yeah well, that was Boston Legal was yeah. the show he was on. Well, was I, think, I think Diddy Crane. Um, Diddy Crane. I think yeah. Shatner's like a closet intellectual. I really do because it's odd because I see interviews with Shatner now, and he seems to play this like kind of like buffoon, like buffoon idiot character, like slightly racist, like off color, like. Has, I don't know. I don't I, know look, if it's intentional. It. But the kind of thing is I've been listening to a lot of interviews um, and reading interviews from around the early films mm. and the early series. And like he's written a, a numerate amount of books and he's he's very eloquent and and um, and well-studied yeah. on what he was doing. He really understood the message. And I think more so than a lot of other of the car, other people in the cast, and the kind mm. of thing. I don't know why he's doing it now. Well, he and like, he and Leonard like, Nimoy had just long dialogues about it. Like yeah. they they were good friends, and mm. and Leonard Nimoy intellectualized a lot of it as yeah. well. But I saw him speak at um, Oz Comic Con a couple mm. of years ago, and you get the impression that he's. I, I hate to say it, his mind is not what it used to be. Sure, yeah, that that's, um, that could probably be a big part of it because he is in his eighties now. He's yeah, late seventies, early eighties, something like that. Yeah. So he he is you know, and, and he probably did way too much LDS. LDS in the sixties, yeah. But I mean, like, there's um, there's this thing that I have. Uh, it's it's the vinyl of um the motion picture the, uh, soundtrack, mm. and the, it's a two vinyl set, 
and the second vinyl is I've just interviews with all the cast and crew. And like, there are some interviews there with Shatner and Roddenberry together that are incredible. Yeah, I've got that. that is, like, that's incredible. an amazing album. Like, he, he totally holds his own with Roddenberry. And Roddenberry is like one of the most eloquent speakers wow. in the mm. world ever. Like, if you get a chance to look at some of the speeches that Roddenberry's given, they are um, astonishing. Mm. He, is, he is one of the best um, speech givers I've ever ever witnessed, I think. You could you could hear Roddenberry read anything and yeah. it would be absolutely you'd, you'd walk away feeling like you've been changed. It's good stuff. Yeah. So, uh Did I mention that we like Star Trek? Star Trek is good and it always sparks a great I'm glad conversation. I came on this yeah. we're talking about Star Trek. It always sparks a great conversation. We're we still talk about DS9. Yeah, we will do it briefly. I just all I want to say about DS9, halfway through um, season 2, loving it and I I the episodes I like the most so far are the ones where it's Jake and Nog together i just really like that <laughs> that kind of relationship yeah, no, no. that they, that, they actually yeah. do yeah. and they actually still do um like cons and stuff as a, as a duo oh, awesome. you know? yeah. so, and, yeah. and they prove yeah. that you can have kids in star trek and it actually works so yeah. actually that's true i mean they were adolescents but yeah. but they were much jake was pretty young though i mean he was wesley crusher age that's so. true they were written yeah that's right they were the same age when they started but they were just written better because if, if anything i think yeah. wesley was probably but you, older. you know you know why because jake was written as as kind of like just just a kid who liked sports Whereas and he was wesley like was and he wanted to be a writer yeah. yeah exactly and wesley was written as the the wonder kid mm. um who yeah 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 the thing so i'm constantly surprised about is how much i love the ferengi now there's <laughs> <laughs> one more episode i'll mention it's called rules of acquisition might be uh, my favorite one the so grand far Vegas. And it was it was the female Ferengi that masqueraded as a male Ferengi. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it was great. We'll move on from Star Trek. I we don't know. Will, We've been we going will, on long. We will talk more about Star Trek, but we do have to get through some film news we can and talk a review. About next week. And we're already an hour in. Holy shit! Really? Yeah, that's so, unusual. I know, isn't it? <laughs> so let's get into some entertainment news. All right, so George R.R. R. Martin apparently is working on a new TV series. He hasn't finished the first one yet, but apparently he's working on a new series. And Richard, in particular, I thought you might like this. Yeah. The series is going to be called Captain Cosmos. It's Ooh. set during the dawn of Ooh. the age of TV. And will tell stories no one else will dare to tell. So it's Satellite Sam? It's Satellite Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. Even though he hasn't finished writing Game of Thrones yet, goddammit. <laughs> I saw an interview with... Um, uh, um, God, actor who plays um, um, little guy. Oh, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> um, Peter Dinklage. Jesus Christ! Uh, I saw <laughs> little guy. That's little the best g- you can do <laughs> at this point in the day. Yeah. Rich, Richard, you've been judged for your height your whole life. I am guilty, guilty oh, of being a dwarf. <laughs> Judged. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, the yeah, he 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 was interviewed on on the Daily Show, and he was just talking about. It. He said, "Yeah, the fans are pretty intense." And he said, "You know, it takes a while to write the books. I know everyone's at George Martin to finish the next book. It's like it takes a while to write a book. G- give the guy a break." Although you know? to, quote, to quote George Martin, apparently he actually took six months off. Yeah, he was on a roll, writing really hard. He said he was writing really well. But decided to take six months off to go do cons and stuff, and he goes, "I shouldn't have done that because now I can't get back." Do you know? Into it. Do you know what George Martin has released this year? He's already released a, a giant history of Westeros, <laughs> and then coming up in a few weeks, he's got a full novel, a full novel, people set uh, like a thousand years before Game of Thrones in Westeros. Oh wow! And it's you think he's like, just bored of like 
the story now, yeah, and he doesn't like he wants to explore other things. Like the only, I think the only thing that'll save it. At the, I've read all the books. I love it, and um, I love the show. I think the only thing that's going to save George Martin if there's some trump card, where it's like, mm. actually, guys, I've ridden all three of them. And pre- they're coming out four months apart. It's not, ca- not going to yeah. happen. And he produced like, all of the Beatles but like, records. So. <laughs> <laughs> then, he, then he went crazy, killed yeah. some people. <laughs> he killed John Lennon. I don't know. Why do we got to be talking about George Martin? People just go listen to any other 400 podcasts. Absolutely. So, I, I just yeah. want to mention the fact that he's doing a new sci-fi series for HBO, which I think is going to be very interesting. Now, when is a video game movie not a video game movie? This is when I get excited. Mm. Grand Theft Auto is coming out as a movie, but huh. it's not about the game. It's about... About the lawsuit that happened against Grand Theft oh. Auto, uh, so it's actually it's set around the making of Grand Theft Auto and the release of Grand Theft Auto. But the movie is called Grand Theft Auto. Interesting. So I'm very excited, and Daniel Radcliffe is actually set to star in that film. That uh, it's all be... about legal fights. So yeah, I saw the headline, and I thought, oh, okay, Grand Theft Auto film that'll that'll be ridiculous. But that's I'm that really interested in. I'm that, very yeah. interested in absolutely. Please let this be true. Please let this be true. Please let this be true. Of course it is. It's Disney. Brad Bird is apparently sitting down to finally write Incredibles 2. Yeah, because Disney don't do anything except sequels and remakes now <laughs> and, and license yeah. things. Yes, but the difference with this and other Disney properties is that Brad Bird is actually the full creative force behind The Incredibles. We met Brad he Bird. To- we he, did meet Brad we Bird. We did, and he's fantastic. He brought it to Pixar, not the other way around. Dur- during that interview of Brad Bird, I, I think you all recall this, Simon Pegg snuck into the room. <laughs> yes. And- other way around. Other way, other way round, was other it? Other way round. Oh, right, you're Simon right. Simon Pegg was, was talking yeah, to us and Brad yeah. Bird did That's right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. We were interviewing <laughs> Simon Pegg. I remember that day for two reasons. All that happened and my cat died that day. Oh. Yeah, so that if was... If you actually listen to the interview that we have online on geekactually.com, you can hear that happen. That's the one with with Brad Bird or the one with Simon Pegg? It's, it's the one with Simon, Simon Pegg. Pegg. Simon Pegg. Yeah, you can hear. Oh. You can actually hear in the middle of the interview, you just suddenly hear him go, Oh, yeah. <laughs> We wish we were videotaping. Yes. <laughs> uh, my, my recollection, because I was quite nervous when we were doing this interview because I'm a massive fan of him. And I remember, you can probably go back and hear it, where I, where I say something like, um, do you have any advice for aspiring filmmakers? But I'd said it so quiet and nervously that, that yeah. I don't think it registers on the audio, but he responds with... What advice for perspiring filmmakers? <laughs> <laughs> he was very cool about it. Yeah, Dave, I'm going to defer. I'm going to defer over to you for this one. Uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Haunted Mansion. So you're the right side of the table. It's like the Disneyland freak and the Guillermo del Toro freak. <laughs> I, just, I just have to ask. I just ask. In this entire article where they talk mm-hmm. about Ryan Gosling is going to head back to Disney, he's going to go on, he's going to do mm-hmm. this Haunted Mansion movie hey, with, the, with the, the long gestating Haunted Mansion movie for del Toro. Has everybody forgotten they've already made one of these? <laughs> I think everyone would like it. Yeah, but it was... It was a garbage movie. Yeah, sure, okay, but <laughs> that had nothing to do with it. Really, is that going to affect yeah. the no um, possibilities? No, nah, I mean, like this, this kind of stuff's old news for me. because like, I've been following Del Toro. He's just called Dave's. Just called me a Del Toro genius or something. What did you say? Yeah, yeah I refer yeah. to you. You're his biggest fan. Yeah, so. and and I am. And he's talked about this for ages. But he's such a big fan of the haunted mansion that, that if you, you can find interviews of him where he tells you all about the secrets and things to do. And I, I remember he needs to whisper in his ear and say, Eddie Murphy did it already. No, no, the real haunted mansion I'm talking about, the haunted mansion at Disneyland. Right. The one that you can go into. Yeah, no, like, I'm saying if yeah. somebody should tell like, him. And, that. and, and, and so supposedly I go on the, record saying yeah. I've been into every haunted mansion around the world. Oh, so I'm just, just going to put that out there. So lucky. Because he said this stuff there that you go to where he knows it so well that like apparently you go down an elevator or something at one point yes and you you walk out and the tour guide leaves no doors and no windows he says he says 
a, a rule of thumb is when that happens is to not follow the tour, to stay back mm. and wait for the elevator to go to go up. Mm. And there's something behind the elevator. Ah, that, that, yeah, yeah. yeah he, didn't, he never explained what it was. You have to go there to see it. So it's all this stuff that like, like makes me the fanboy at heart go, this guy clearly loves the Haunted Mansion like more than necessary yeah. like so if there's anyone to make the haunted mansion movie it's del toro and what's really funny about this is that his haunted mansion movie is coming out it's called crimson peak where it's the the, the adult haunted mansion essentially <laughs> <laughs> and then he's gonna follow it with the the family haunted mansion i like it it's actually funny there's a bunch yeah. of movies based on disney rides you know pirates of the caribbean yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that but there's ones we've completely forgotten about mm. there was a 1997 ish um i think it's yeah uh Made for TV movie based on the Tower of Terror, yeah. which has a young uh, Kirsten Dunst and Steve Gutenberg. Oh, oh this is a Goosebumps, the isn't good. it? Sorry, that's the a goose. Goose. This is a Goosebumps. No, Tower right? of Terror is actually based on the Disney. Ah, right. right. There's also there's a bunch of them. There was. Do you remember the Country Bears movie? No. There was a Country Bears movie in 2002. And have I'm, they done the Small World movie? And yet? have they done teacups? They haven't done the. Te- oh, that's right. My joke was always teacups. The movie is coming up next. There's Mission to Mars. Remember Mission to Mars? Oh, yeah. oh is that based? That's on actually a ride? based on a Disney World. Really? Ride. Uh, there's Damn. Haunted Mansion 2003 yeah. as well, and I think they're the only ones. There's a bunch of them. That, the, Tomorrowland is. There's coming. Tomorrowland coming up. That's Brad Bird as well. Yep. Um, there's been talk of a Jungle Book, Jungle Book, Jungle River Cruise movie for They've years. They've talked about that for years, yeah. But the thing is, I worry about Disney's direction, and this is where my Disney freakishism comes in, because I do worry about the fact that they're doing live-action remakes of all their animated films, that they're making a whole bunch of stuff based on theme park rides, and I wonder whether or not they're doing this like for pure creative, pure, purely creative reasons, or if they're doing it just because... For synergy, we've got to establish things, and we can get people into the parks and and and. Well, a lot that makes sense marketing. We've already so. got all the merchandise Ooh. ready to roll. We can sell a million Tinkerbell yeah, things, yeah. you know, and all that sort of stuff. If we just do a remake of Peter Pan, it worries me a little bit because Disney were like the house of ideas, for, you know, for the longest time, like Marvel, you know, and it, it worries me. It worries me a little bit because I don't I, see they can leave all their creativity at the moment over to Marvel and, and it's Pixar all, and all. Sort of well, stuff. Pixar are just doing sequels. No, that's true. You know, and so it, it worries me. We've got Toy Story four for coming out for Christ's sake. You know, anyway, yeah, I can't believe that. Can we just talk about that for one brief second? Just a brief gripe. Toy Story three wrapped it up, finished it, did it put perfectly. A, Put a bow on it. It was a perfect film. And they've done short films since then. And, and that's, that's fine. Yeah. Why are they coming back for another film? That is just insanity. They left something in the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> and it's come back to life. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's Toy Story 4. Wait, I'm just, I'm just going to go into my time machine quickly. Oh, Dave, wasn't Toy Story 4 so good? No. And what, I can't believe it. Oh, and Haunted Mansion was sick. Do you know, do you know it what? was so good. I can't wait to review it. Let's go what? back in time. Do, do you know what? I would, I would agree with you, except I saw Cars 2. <laughs> Touche, sir. Touche. When, when's Cars 3 coming out? I don't know. Oh, that was planes, wasn't it? Uh, speaking, of, speaking of long-term franchises, Star Wars... Never heard of it. ...has finally come out as a digital format. So it's on streaming services, on iTunes, and so forth. What is the most interesting thing about this is first of all the promise of them releasing an unedited version the the original version didn't happen hmm. and secondly yet 20th century fox's logo is gone from it now Ooh. and they've replaced it with this i can't live with this no <laughs> So they've lifted a little piece of John Williams' music and put it over the Lucasfilm. New from Disney. 
and put that over the Lucasfilm logo, but they've got lost the fanfare. I'm sorry, can I just put my geek hat for an, on for a second and say the 20th Century Fox logo is as much a part of Star Wars mm. as almost anything else to do with it. That 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 role of that the the drum roll and everything actually is the intro to Star Wars. And I understand it's not with Fox anymore, but my God, that is just that's not right. Yeah, mm. <laughs> that's just not right. <laughs> there is a. Um I'm just putting on my podcast pillow fort hat for a moment. There was mm-hmm. an episode of a podcast we call uh, we listen to called 99% Invisible. Right. Um, which is a terrific Roman Mars thing. There's an episode, listen to that, it's episode 148. It's called The Sizzle and it talks about trademark sounds and one of them they mention is the, the fox dog. Like apparently the MGM Lions a thing, mm-hmm. NBC did stuff, the Roaring Lion is one, Twin the Century Fox trumpet fanfare is, is one of the few because sounds are really hard mm-hmm. to trademark and they even could talk about how Harley um, Davidson tried to you trademark know, the sound of their mufflers. Well, uh, the uh, the fajita at there's a chain called Chili's in the states, and they they tried to trademark the, the sound of the sizzling fajitas and stuff like that. So it's really interesting when you get into the episode. But I always found it interesting that the the most distinguished and like they talk about the Apple startup sound and all yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. But but I it is unfortunately it's a trademark sound, which is mm. the reason they can't use it. But it's just. You're right. It's so intrinsic. Like, even when the prequels came out, there was something and I remember, comforting. I remember about when, the, and the I remember when the prequels were coming out. The first thing Lucas did was he actually uh, farmed out. He actually went out there and, and put out a bidding war to see who was going to distribute the prequel trilogy. And I think now we know. He paid for it. Now we know what the opening of Force Awakens is going to. Well, no, I actually think like. we're going to go one step further because I think the Force Awakens will actually start with the Disney Castle. It should. Uh, I think it should. Yeah. yeah. It'll start with the Disney Castle. I don't, then I don't, go I don't, I don't agree with any of this. <laughs> Sorry? I don't agree with any of this. I think like like Disney sh- should sure as shit have their music in front of, of it. Of course they Fuck. should. Oh, yeah, no, no, man. no, no, no. I'm not saying yeah. they shouldn't. I'm just saying, without, without them, we don't have it. I'm like, saying, yeah. I'm saying it doesn't, I know it feels like something's missing, but I don't think so. Right. I, 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 I think it feels totally right. Do you know what I would have done? You've got to remember, Dave, this is, this is 30 years of watching it's, it's true. that generation. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. And I know, you know. I know where you guys are coming from. 10 years old, hearing that Fox anthem was like, that was Star Wars. Fuck J.J. Abrams. Fuck him bringing back it now. But that's not what we're saying, Dave. We're not saying... We're not saying fuck Disney. Fuck JJ no. We're saying it's yeah. weird. Yeah, that's what we're saying. It, it, it yeah. is weird. It's just weird that because it was intrinsically, I can't even say that word today. Part of that film. Yeah, you know, I, it's like, and, yeah. and you remember the the, yeah. the 20th Century Fox logo music, the roll actually rolled over. Yeah. But the you know, Lucasfilm. This, this yeah, is, I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess it's weird in this case where it's. It's, These are already established. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was expecting Disney's yeah. logo over. Yeah, well, over. That, that actually, I kind of might flip flop a bit here because it, it's weird that the Fox logo is not on these because well, they don't distribute it anymore. But they did, though. No, but that's the thing; they don't distribute it oh, anymore because they, they, they never okay. made them. Lucas, Lucas made, made them. them. Yeah, they were they distributed. Okay, fair enough. So what this what this also tells us though is so they weren't really one hundred percent lock, stock, and barrel. Fox doesn't have I any, hate Star Wars. doesn't have any control over <laughs> Star Wars anymore. Which Star Wars is shit. If Disney wanted to release an un, uh, the original version of Star Wars, they could. It's not in Fox's hands anymore. Cool. So why? Do it. Oh, do it. They, do it for they should have put the for Universal the same, logo. for the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the same reason, there's no like we've got 15 different versions of this. It's money. It's I mean, like, of it's, course. It's, yeah. I mean, as it's, for the same reason I just said, Disney. Everything Disney's doing at the moment is about making money. They are the Biggest, like monetarily, they're the biggest Absolutely. film studio on the planet for a reason. They got Disney you know? dollars. Yeah, they got mouse money. I just want to say I bow down to the house of mouse. <laughs> At the <I> moment, <laughs> look with with Marvel stuff I'm going on. JJ Abrams, I do too. Can I I'm just waiting for Disney to buy Fox theatrical so theatrical when- editions, please? Never happen. Never happen. That's what we were hoping for with this. 
We were hoping that before the new Star Wars comes out, we would get the theatrical version. Come on, J.J. Abrams. And they didn't. Have <laughs> they, they were unfinished films. I, ne- I never really wanted them to be released to the public. And uh, it's, yeah, I'm sorry that you loved them, bullshit. but uh, it's uh, yeah. all right. Last, they, were, they weren't finished. They sorry, were, up until up until this conversation, I was super excited for Episode Seven. Now I, I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> episode, yeah. and, and, and I'm waiting for in 20 years' time, J.J. Abrams to come out and go. Episode Seven was just a work print. Yeah. It's never the film I wanted to release. <laughs> two pieces. Two pieces of news to finish. Finish us off. One is. Oh, I already finished off earlier when I was looking at that three D. One is porn. Warner Brothers is apparently courting James Wan for the Aquaman film. Uh, James Wan, of course, directed uh, Fast and Furious Seven. Aquaman. Aquaman. Uh, I don't have Aquaman here. Never can, I, can I tell you a story? I was uh, sitting. I was uh, my, my the windows in my bathroom. Are, um, you can hear everything that happened in the apartment block next to me, right? And there was these kids <gasps> playing. <gasps> oh, sorry, <laughs> there were these kids playing downstairs. They and, were the kids. Uh, <laughs> and they were going, they're running around, they were going, superheroes, yeah, man, super. And I heard one kid run, kids, hey, I'm Aquaman. I thought, it begins. Oh, God. Then <laughs> <laughs> the other kids beat the shit out of that <laughs> <kid>. <laughs> What are you doing out of water, creep? Yeah. <laughs> it's fish and chips, man. Go talk to fish. Man. For some reasons, my neighbors have American accents. <laughs> so James Wan is being courted for Aquaman. And the other piece of news you brought to the table, which is Dark Towers. Dark Towers happening. Happening? So what, yeah. what's the status of this so far? Um, I, I just read this morning on the way here that, um, that Sony Pictures has picked up the rights for the Dark Tower. Excellent. And um, yeah, like I should just say Dark Tower is my favorite. Favorite Isn't this something Ron Howard, Ron Howard Ever. was attached to this at one point? Yeah, and Akiva Goldsman. Right. They, they were writing a direct. And at the moment, Akiva Goldsman's still involved. But Ron Howard isn't. There's no word on who's directing it yet. I, I, Ron Howard's company, I'm assuming, is still Imagine, involved. Because yeah. they got so close to filming it. Like we mentioned in our previous show, Battleship. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that movie. Universal had the rights for it, and they chose to make Battleship instead. And then Dark Tower collapsed. Because they plan to do it as a seven, as a free part film series yeah, with two TV series, yeah. and um, and the that's it was. Uh, I initially thought that not a good way to do it, but I read an interview with the two of them uh, when after the movie had collapsed, and you can find this interview in a book called The Dark Tower Companion, and um, because it's after the collapse, it's it's an interview conducted during a time when they thought it was never going to mm-hmm, happen. Mm-hmm. So they spilled the whole beans. You can read exactly how they were going to map it out, exactly what was going to happen when and where, etc. And it sounded really, really good. I was because I Ron Howard announced and Akiva Goldsman writing. I was a little bit, I don't know, mm. but reading this interview it was like they they were on the money. And it would have been really, really good. And said Ron Howard's gone off and he's directing another Dan Brown book. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, like, you they can't wait him, around for a project forever. They tried for, for so long. Can I mention one other thing that happened this week really quickly was a trailer dropped for the second season of True Detective. Oh yeah, I've watched yeah, it. Which really? is yeah. I mean, you probably don't want to watch it because you want to. Did you see it? Though? I did watch it. It looks it looks really good. I mean, it's a very different vibe. Oh, the first completely season. different cast. Completely different cast, but I mean, like tonally, it feels very different. But mm-hmm. I'm like just the cast alone. Uh, Emily Blunt, not Emily Blunt. Um, Rachel, oh, Rachel, Rachel McAdams. McAdams. Sorry, right? Is it same person, right? Uh, <laughs> but Rachel McAdams, Colin Farrell, um, Vince Vaughn. It, it looks pretty amazing. I don't know what the creative team is like. I think it's Vince Vaughn makes it still carry Fukunaga. Oh, maybe not direct. No, I think no, it's yeah, those three a, different directors, isn't it? Yeah, Fukunaga. It's still um. Oh god, what's the writer's name? Oh, Pepe Pella Pella something. Oh, um, the, the dude that wrote the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, oh, Nick Nick Pizzolatto. Pizzolatto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Man, I did that without a fucking computer. I know. Well done. You actually did the entire <laughs> show without a computer. You, you impressed the hell on me. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't remember anything. Let's move on to our film review. Fast and Furious 7 or Furious 7 in the States, although I'm not sure if it's officially Furious I, um, 7. Or just, I, just for crap, when I reviewed it on my site, I actually wrote Furious 7. Furious 7? Oh, you're leaving for this, Richard. No, I just said I'd quietly slip out and blow my nose. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back in a minute. Uh, so, directed by James Wan, as we said before, written by Chris Morgan. It stars Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Dwayne Johnson, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Jordan, Jordana. Is it Jordan or Jordana? I think Jordana Brewster. Jordana Brewster, newcomer Jason Statham, and a really old Carousel. <laughs> he did. He looks so old. He man. was still a badass, though. He was still a badass. Now, my favorite. I kept picturing him with an eye patch going. <laughs> <laughs> IMDB, IMDB outdid themselves with their synopsis. Oh, I can't thing. wait for this. Deckard Shaw seeks revenge against Dominic Toretto and his family for his comatose brother. That's it. That's all they wrote. It's more than what I what I gathered from the movie. <laughs> here's a little bit of the trailer. We're not going to play the whole trailer because it really is just a lot of cars going vroom vroom. So here's a little bit of the trailer just to give you a taste. Dominic Toretto, you don't know me. You're about to. Looks like the sons of London have followed us home. Remember Owen Shaw? This is his big bad brother. We're being hunted. One last ride. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, when the whistle goes. Now we talk. All right, we'll leave it there. My my main complaint with this movie was there wasn't enough dubstep. (laughs) I feel like I've seen the film now. Yeah, sir, you have really. You really have. I want to go on record as saying I love the Fast and the Furious franchise, at least from the fourth one upwards. So I don't know why I haven't seen it. Can we actually? Can we actually just very quickly? I'll just uh, tap into a little bit of little bit of background on the Fast and Furious for those who haven't seen it. I don't know why you wouldn't have, but who haven't previously on Fast and Furious. The first, the, the first, the Fast and the Furious. The first. We gotta get over the bridge. <laughs> Brotherhood, family, <laughs> flying the, headbutt. The first film directed by Rob Cohen. One of them was still alive. The first, Sorry. the first film directed by Rob Cohen came out of nowhere. It was actually a fairly low budget affair um, in the grand scheme of things. Vin Diesel, Paul Walker. It was about street racing and an undercover sting trying to get a thief, basically, mm-hmm. and it did very well. And at that point, everybody thought, okay, a sequel is inevitable. However, both Rob Cohen and Vin Diesel decided that they were going to leave at this point and go make a career choice, which was Triple X, which didn't do so well for them. But... The series did continue on, and John Singleton. That's right, with Ice Cube. Well, John Singleton. <laughs> Wait, well, wrong Fu- franchise. Wrong franchise. Uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, directed by John Singleton, came out, and it was fucking awful. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just not mince words. It was yep. fucking awful. I've seen every one. Which of these one was this? Cinema. Sorry, this is Too Fast. Too Fast, Too Furious. This is the this is the movie that Margaret Pomerantz gave five stars. <laughs> she, <laughs> no, did she, she did it. She did. Too wow. Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. Can you pull that up? Seriously, yeah, I want to get I, I, I want to get a pull quote from that. Fucking horrible. So basically, the story follows just Paul Walker because Vin Diesel's off being triple X. John Singleton takes on Ludacris and um, Tyrese yep. Gibson at this Tyrese Gibson. Yeah. Gibson yep. at this point. And they were awful in it. Mm. I mean, everything about this film was horrible and it bombed. I mean, bombed mm. hard. So we flash forward a little bit later and along comes Justin Lin mm. and Justin Lin 
directs a film for all intents and purposes that has nothing to do with Fast and the Furious at all called Tokyo Drift. However, Universal goes, let's slap Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. name on it and let's slap a completely unrelated cameo to the very end of the film, which kind of puts it into continuity. Surprisingly, this low-budget little Tokyo film makes a lot of money. Mm. And suddenly they go, oh, okay, you made a lot of money. Do you want to do another one? Justin Lin agrees. And along comes Fast and Furious 4. Now, what's really interesting about Fast 4 is that he brought back the entire original cast, including the cast of Too Fast, Too Furious, and so forth. And he brought back Vin Diesel, he brought back everybody, and Fast 4 was awesome. Mm-hmm. Because what he basically did was took it away from being a street racer film. Except for the CGI cars. Except for the CGI. Well, no, the CGI cars were actually better in part four. They were terrible mm. in part one. Um, and he basically made a crime film. He made yeah. a heist film. He made an action film. I don't think it's till five. They really four was the was the turning point though, because four made a shit ton of money mm. and basically said oh, we're okay, not yeah. just about street racing anymore. Now we're actually an action film. We got guns. We got cops. We got this. We got that. And he produced Fast Five, and Fast Five was freaking amazing. It was just his balls to the wall action film. Um, but we now have a problem. He's brought Han from Tokyo Drift into his other films. So if we actually talk about chronological order. We actually have to watch some. We'll come back to that in a minute. Right, chronological order is watch one, two, four, five, six, <laughs> three, seven. <laughs> And then you it's, kind of... That's the thing of beauty. And then you, you kind of fit them all together if you put them into this order. I love order. this idea of like they fell upwards into a, into a massive continuity like yeah. franchise. <laughs> he finally brings it in line at the end of six. I think, I think six was ridiculous, but it was so much fun. Mm. Justin Lin now basically takes a back seat because he's gone off to talk to old Arnie about doing another movie. Mm-hmm. He's doing the Terminator Genesis. No, and- it's not. I thought it was Terminator Genesis. No, it's um, Alan Taylor doing Terminator Genesis. What did Justin Lin go off and do then? I think he was going to do Terminator and then dropped out. And then dropped out. Yeah. Anyway, James Wan has come on board. Australian James Wan Mm -hmm. has come on board. He's the creator of co-creator of Saw. Obi James Wan. Obi James Wan (laughs) has come on. Now it doesn't look like you were meant to think. (laughs) Doesn't look like he's going to do any more. Apparently, he said it was a really tough film. And come on, face it, your main star dies halfway through the film. That's going to cause problems as well. But but he's doing Conjuring two guys. But can I just tell you? Can I just tell Spoilers, you? They're still alive. Oh. <laughs> Justin Lin's doing Star Trek 3. Oh, yeah. That, that's no, that's what he's right. doing now. Now. Yeah, he was doing Terminator da, at one da, point, da. though. He's doing, <laughs> he's, doing, uh, he's doing TV. He did a pilot for a series called Scorpion, which he also Is produces. He and he's doing the first two episodes there of True go. Detective well, he had to do season three. Because he didn't have Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. So. That justifies my True Detective. There you go. So I forgot that was coming back. Even I was like, so we come back to Furious Seven or Fast and Furious Seven if you're in Australia because they keep changing names because we're too dumb to know what Furious Seven is. Um, I didn't see the last six. So what did you think, Dave? I thought this was a sequel to the Seven. <laughs> oh wait, wait. Before, before you give your thoughts on, ter- on Fast and Furious Seven, what did Margaret? Pumble okay, she actually oh, said yes. Two thousand three. Actually, she gave it four and a half stars. Oh, oh. Uh, to, to Fast and Furious, the sequel to the Fast and the Furious. While admitting Paul Walker was wooden, <laughs> he really is wooden now. Um, oh. Pomeranz declared co-star Tyrese just dynamite on screen. <laughs> As David looked on, puzzled, muttering the word mediocre, a gesticulating Margaret declared. 
I can't tell you. I sat through it and I was just so exhilarated. The car chases, the smell of that, all that petrol going up in flames. I just loved it. Oh, that's why she loved it. She was sniffing petrol. <laughs> a few years later, reviewing Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, or as I call it, Toiko, Toiko Drift, Pomerantz admitted, my reputation as a critic suffered enormously for the Too Fast review before heaping praise on the new sequel. This is not a film for everyone, but it would, uh, but for a would-be rev head like me, there are some beautiful moments and one really gorgeous Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> so Margaret Pomerantz is a rev head. And, and we'll never see her review. For part seven, until I come out of retirement no. next year no. to review the series. Oh, she's coming out in a new review show. <laughs> oh, is she really? I saw an ad on TV the other oh, day. Oh, and we could get on David Stratton's cruise ship. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I saw I saw an ad on that's TV. That's where all my money's gone. <laughs> it's her and Graham Blundell. Really? Oh, I wanted it to be her and Dick Wilkins. What's it, what's it called? I can't remember. I just saw the ad and went, no. Is it? Oh, you know what would make that so awesome? If the whole thing is just one camera angle of Margaret Pomeranz on a porch in a rocking chair with like a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I know why you came here. You came here to hear some reviews, didn't you? And Graham Blundell going, I was Alvin Purple. I was Alvin Purple. I was Alvin Purple. He's done something since, I I'm remember sure. the first Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, what did you think of Furious 7? What didn't I think of Furious 7? <laughs> I actually just need to listen to the last five episodes of Behind the Panels. You've managed to slip in a Furious 7 reference into every single one. It's about brotherhood, people. It's about, it's about love. family. Where's a, where's a random chain hanging from the studio's walls? I need to hold it so I can flex while delivering a monologue. <laughs> Do you remember that? There's a scene in the middle of Furious 7 when Vin Diesel's is holding a chain that appears to come out of nowhere. And he's just like... Flexing really hard, but he did he like that very movie. clearly. Do you remember? I think it's Fast Five. At one point, he delivers an entire speech while he holds onto a beam. Oh, yeah. what about yeah. what about they go to a gravestone very early on in the movie, yeah. and Vin Diesel's in a tank top, and he's holding a sledgehammer, <laughs> and it's like he's like. <laughs> The whole thing is just Vin Diesel flexing. It's Vin Diesel. Are you telling flexing? me like it's it's gay porn? <laughs> no, no, no. no it's it, worse it, than the that. beautiful thing is it's Vin Diesel flexing, or it's Dwayne Johnson yep. doing peck, peck yeah, yeah, punches. Yeah, but they peck have to do it love. while delivering delivering melodramatic. Well, melodramatic. Or if it's not that, it's lots and lots and lots of skimpily clad girls mm. in close ups of their butts. Yeah, either jiggling or walking or whatever, We've or like, dancing. Brum, 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 Why haven't I seen this? Movie? I don't know. I, look, I'm they go, go to Dubai because, like, if you're gonna be excessive, yeah. yeah. What I love is they go to they go to Dubai and it is. Do this they blow just, up a mall? <laughs> no, no, it's like it's like we got to get a spoilers, car. Spoilers, people! Of it's it. in the trailer. They drive a sports car through three buildings. Yeah, yeah. Because cars fly. Airborne. There's a line where <laughs> he goes. just like hit the first building? No, nah, just- but this is what you're missing. They're so clever. They go, Paul Walker says something in the scene like, but cars don't fly. And then Vin Diesel goes. Flexes. They do now. <laughs> it was like something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know Finn Diesel yeah. did it. I mean, he can defy physics. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, oh, it's... Actually, yeah, absolutely. Somebody yeah. actually, somebody at work the other day. He, he's like, you can imagine Vin Diesel and physics having a conversation, yeah. and physics. There and is Vin a scene just in like, this movie. One of the time. You know, Vin Diesel's like, really? And physics goes, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a scene where it's like drops a chain out like, of nowhere. It's like the solution to get out of an action scene is to 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 turn around and drive off a cliff. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it 
that's the solution. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like they fall off the cliff and they, they, they the crash ma- and roll a hundred times and they just crawl out. <laughs> so, no, but you got to remember, it starts with him saying, you better put on your helmet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> because that will save you. There's, yeah. there's websites and they're really great and they're like, like cinematic death tolls <laughs> and they go through and they go through movies where it's like, you know, how many times someone would have actually sustained fatal injuries. Throughout a film, I'd love to see them do it for the Fast and Furious I'll, um, franchise. I'll, I'll describe to you, Richard, a scene in Fast and Furious Seven. Okay, where it's it's a road, yeah, and there there's a car on one end, and in that end, it's Vin Diesel, <laughs> and then you hear, <laughs> and then a kilometer away on the other side of that road is Jason Statham in a car, <laughs> and this is your introduction to the scene, and then <laughs> they start blinking at each other with their headlights, cutting close-ups of. <laughs> And then they both start their engines and just drive at like 200 miles per Play hour chicken. at each other. Yeah. And then they hit. <laughs> and then they just... They both crawl out, they of, both the crawl out of the car. <laughs> and then it's like, let's have a fist fight. Oh, and Vin Diesel... <laughs> it's like, what am I watching? And then Vin, 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 Diesel, Vin Diesel turns around and looks at Jason Statham's car and goes, oh, you've reinforced it. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Nice. Oh, there's an amazing scene. Uh, we're not spoiling this. We shouldn't spoil this. But let's just say the rock in an ambulance was the highlight. <laughs> no, I think the rock in his cast, which is actually in the trailer, where he realizes that he needs to go out there into the action. And so to get his cast off, he flexes his arm yeah. and his cast falls off. It was a crime what they did to the rock in this movie, they though, did, I think. They, they sidelined him for the whole movie. Bedridden. Oh, really? Yeah, he's bedridden for like the majority of the movie. And he's he doesn't go anywhere with him. And it's really disappointing. Yeah, he's, he's got a good... The Rock is just amazing. He's got a great action set piece yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, and, and he's got end. And a great action set piece at the end, but otherwise he's sidelined. Mm. But they also completely sidelined the female cop. Yeah, she just stays home with the baby. Ugh. Yeah, and it's like you sit there and go, why did we just completely sideline? Was he filming something else while they're doing that? Or oh, probably, that? probably doing probably another Hercules or something. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was a bit disappointing. But, you know, this film was, a, for all you of its stupidity, it's bulletproof, really. It's bulletproof. For yeah. all of its stupidity, it is, I, I said to Nicholas when we came out, I said, this is a live action Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah. It is, it is Roadrunner. And it, it just flies by like. Like that, and People it's over. People crash like, cars, they fall out of buildings. They, I mean, they literally, at the beginning of the film, the rock falls out of a building <laughs> into the, into a car yeah. and can, can, can <laughs> yeah, walk away from that's this. That's right, that know? was actually pretty funny. <laughs> and he can walk yeah. away from this. I, have, I just say I laughed my ass off at this movie. I, I enjoyed the dramatic scenes maybe more than the action in a way. <laughs> it's all about family. I was laughing so hard. What is that line? I don't have, oh, fr- I don't have um, friends, I have family. <laughs> I mentioned it in um in in my review. Michelle Rodriguez's necklace. It's just that dang. Mm. It's like that 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 fucking necklace, man. Every time it was brought on screen, I was just laughing. Well, because it's absolutely so managed to last funny. seven films. That necklace, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> and her, the way that she regained her memories was just absolutely hysterical. Oh, and, and, and and the line that goes with that where she goes, "Why didn't you tell me?" And he goes, "Because you can't tell somebody that they love you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's a literal, it's a literal kiss that brings yeah. one of them back to life. It's, I was like, it's a yeah. fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think, does this mean I, that yeah. the characters from Fast and the Furious will soon be appearing on Once Upon a Time? I think they might be. Here's the thing, though. You watch this movie and you you laugh and you get involved in it and everything else. And at the end of it, it is like you've just eaten your popcorn. Yeah. It's just air. There is yeah. no substance to it at yeah. all. But you have a ride of a time mm. while you're yeah. actually watching it. Yeah. And like, I sit there going, going, yeah, music's awesome. And then you think back and you go, no, it really wasn't. Because yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but before you have a chance to think about it, yeah. it's already moved on to the next Absolutely. step. Absolutely, it moves yeah. so fast. Yeah. And, um, and the action's insane. 
It's yeah. insane. It's I, all I, real stunts. It looks like for the well, most part. There's, until a lot, the end. there's a lot of CG. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, like it's really like, well done. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's really. There's well a lot done. of real stunts, Dave. Come yeah, on. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. real stunts. There's a yeah. lot, then, and there is a lot of CG that looks real. I yeah. mean, they've done some great work in there. The guy at work went to see it before I saw it, and he came back and he goes, "It's the Avengers." And I said, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "They're superheroes. <laughs> yeah, kind They're of impervious. Nothing can yeah, kill yeah. them. Nothing can hurt them. They can do things that are completely." You know, beyond the ordinary person, mm. he goes, "It's the Avengers." You know? and then, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and, but this is like the, the like the only movie in the world that's that's bulletproof at the moment. The franchise, yeah, yeah. yeah because well, it's I mean, eighty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm surprised it's not a hundred, really, because it's like the the enjoyment factor like, is a plus, like, dude. It's it's incomprehensible uh, as a story because, like, unfortunately, it's really sad. It's terrible. Can like, I read the, it? That some- he, oh, sorry, that that Paul Walker died halfway through. We all know that. Yeah. It's it's terrible, and it's, I'm amazed they actually have a movie that's as but coherent what, as what's it is. What's really fantastic about that, and though, they have a beautiful send off to it. They have a beautiful send off. They have a beautiful send off at the end. The way it's handled is really it's beautiful, magnificent, actually. And yeah. the way they've handled him in the film was sensational. Mm. I mean, it is. Almost, and I'm going to say almost because yeah. there's always going to be somebody who says, "Well, actually, I could see it," but we're yeah. going to say almost seamless. Yeah, if how, you didn't know, you'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you sit there and you watch it, going, "How much of this film yeah. did he actually I, I, film, I, I and said how it, much didn't he?" I said, you know? "I said the same, similar things in my review, where it's like, it, unfortunately, you are spending a lot of the time of the movie looking at." You're trying to find it. Funnily you enough, can't though, help it. I was doing that you know? for the first half an hour, and then by half an hour into the film, you're you've it just it doesn't bother you're you. You're just rolling with it because the film is moving so fast. Yeah, and I, I think I think if anything, it's only really the, the end of it. Yeah, because if, it seems like you shot most of if, it. If I may, because this is this is the, the last time I'll ever be on the show. Um, <laughs> I, well, you I, haven't seen the movie. I, I would li- I'd like to read a couple of the rotten the, the little quotes from the rotten <laughs> reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, just yeah. to see if you agree with them. Seven disappoints a little because it doesn't go off the rails. Enough, <laughs> especially in comparison for the last to the last two movies. They that, drove drove cars out of an airplane. Okay, that was Gary <laughs> Dowell from Dark Horizons. Sean Means from the Salt Lake Tribute um, Tribune says, "Juan and Morgan stuffing another plot into the main plot like a cinematic turducken justify a series of jaw dropping car stunts in settings such as Azerbaijan and Abu Dhabi." Uh-huh. That's not even a sentence, dude. Uh-huh. Uh, for some <laughs> reason, now from the established uh, uh, journal Commercial Appeal. Um, from Memphis, Tennessee, who for some reason commercial appeal is a Rotten Tomatoes ranking uh, thing. John and commercial Bifus, appeal didn't understand this one. Yeah, John Bifus wrote, "With heroes like these, who needs terrorists?" Oh my god! And finally, uh, what was it? Um, uh, Man of Ma- Mabel Salinas from in in La Butaca. Uh, oh, right. One of the giants. One of the giants wrote, along with all the nonsense, Furious 7 is built on the basis of a series of forced dialogues that make the story harder to believe in a bad mix of different movie genres. <laughs> so there you go. Who needs terrorists? I just want to bring something up about the Avengers stuff because what's funny about the stuff Richard's reading out now is that for a lot of people, this series is like the Avengers. Yeah, it's like they've been they've been invested in these characters for they're how almost long now? as many like, films. Yeah, yeah, you know, like from like two thousand or something yeah, crazy. Absolutely. Look, there is a definite and the continuity is really. I saw deep. this film on a Wednesday night. Yeah, <laughs> one week after it came out, and it was a full house. Yeah, you know, did you fear for your life in the parking lot afterwards? No, no, no. Oh no. man, <laughs> oh, when I walked out of it, <laughs> the parking lot was just. <laughs> <laughs> Like let's let's show our girlfriends how. Oh, oh, All right, as we always do on this show, Dave, would you recommend this to a friend? Yeah, damn Are you kidding. Straight. Yeah. <laughs> so what? What if the friend was me? Did absolutely. You yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I'd say I'd say what I said to you before you before uh, well a couple of weeks ago when I when I had yes. seen it and you hadn't and I I said like when you go and see it 
get some seats where you're far away from the rest of the audience if you can, where yeah. you won't be heard, you know, where you'll be inconspicuous <laughs> and just laugh your e- ass e- even, off. A b- even bigger question. Would one of you see it again? I would Shit, absolutely yeah. see with it again. With me. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. absolutely. Are you cool. kidding? It's yeah. a date. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I know. Definitely 100%. Cool. We'll see this film again and we'll buy on Blu-ray. Hell I've um, got all of them on Blu-ray. So again, this is one I really want to see. Just have I like time. this film. So, yeah. I like this film better than Six. Because yeah, I, re- six, six I was a really like yeah. five. Yeah, six was weaker. In my six opinion, was yeah. weaker. I think seven is right back on top. When of I it. say it's weaker, I mean in comparison to the one two yeah. before it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. four, four, and five were like just Superb. going, just going up. <laughs> I like wouldn't, this. I wouldn't six. say any of them are good. <laughs> I think they're dark, yeah. fine action films. I, I remember seeing with people yeah. who would just never watch a film like that in a million years. Just mm. going, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's like you it's know. like a Mars bar. It's like there's no nutrition. Whatsoever, I'll, I'll go you one, but you love it. I'll go you yeah. one, but it's like a deep fried Mars. Bar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So go watch this film, people. Have fun. Park, excuse, excuse me, park your brain at the door <laughs> 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 because you're gonna have to just roll with it. All right, we've got to finish this up. We've been here an hour and a half already. We're gonna wrap this up by saying that first of all, weird food. All I'm gonna say is cobra. All right, so for our weird food section, we really need a bumper for weird food. But <laughs> weird food, it's weird food. <laughs> what you eating today? Apparently, <laughs> in Vietnam, live cobra is a special is is a delicacy. Of course, it is. And what they do is they take the cobra, and the first thing they do is they they. Uh, milk its venom into alcohol <laughs> which you get to drink they then cut its head off drain the blood into another form of alcohol you know alcohol. I'm pitching like G.I. Joe's Cobra here at the moment <laughs> 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 it's, it's blood is drained off it's still beating heart is taken out of it and somebody can actually eat that because you know you've got to prove that you know you're, you're man enough to do it they then take the rest of this Cobra chop it up and serve it in a variety of dishes like soups and all sorts of other stuff. It's the first part that gets me. Mm. You're drinking venom wine. Apparently it's not dangerous. It's only dangerous if taken intravenously. So you're drinking the venom in wine and then you're drinking the blood and then you're eating the still beating heart. Ha! I, I love that this article's comment. This is why tiger penises are so expensive nowadays. <laughs> and no, I'm not kidding. Apparently though, this is all very much a thing about power. So if you eat the still beating heart of the cobra, you're getting the strength and the power mm. of the cobra and all this sort of this, stuff. This oh, is, it's like Game of Thrones, which yeah. has got to eat that heart. This mm. explains why I'm so weak. I've been a vegetarian for uh, 16 years come uh, June. Uh, all because of the Phantom Menace. I think, you, <laughs> I think if you eat the cobra and you get more snake-like, you become Voldemort. Is it really because of the Phantom <laughs> it's Menace? It's not even a joke. The last Tell t- it. Yeah. The last time I ate meat was, uh, I guess it was like June the 2nd or whenever um, Phantom Menace debuted in Australia, uh, 1999. And I, my last meal was, I just connected to in my mind, the last meal I had was a KFC burger. The next day I went to sit down and eat a meat dish. And I couldn't do it. Because he thought it. of Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah all he Jar- could see was a gun. Oh, I could see there's so much, <laughs> there was so much fucking ham in that you film. You said don't eat me. <laughs> <laughs> not like that. Um, and yeah, I just, and I haven't eaten meat yeah, since right. at all in any way, shape or form. And so I always connect Phantom Menace with the start of my of vegetarian. Course, yeah. So maybe after um, The so Force Awakens. So you may Awakens, watch Force Awakens and then go, I need a cheeseburger. Yeah, cheeseburger. <laughs> no, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. No, I thought, I thought, I thought the way you, the way you said it, Richard, maybe implied that there was something in the movie that, that there happened. was a lot in the movie that turned yeah. me off cinema. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Richard, you are, and this is just finally because we can, Richard, you you have a law degree. I do. Uh, I don't know what the law is in Australia, but in America, to get papers served, they have to be handed directly to you. 
Oh, we're going to serve Richard? No, no, there's a lot of actually. There's there's a lot of things around here. You can. Uh, they, they, there, there's a lot of case law around this about how you can actually serve someone with papers. You know, fax, and I think they accepted email and things like that as well. So okay. as long as long as there's confirmation that the person has received it. It's acceptable. So this sure. isn't this isn't really news in Australia, but in America, papers must be handed directly mm. to the person. That's why you see in movies all the time these people who pretend yeah, like to be Pineapple Express. That's right. They pretend yeah, to be yeah. other people to hand papers yeah. over. A landmark case has just happened in America where they've said you can actually serve papers over Facebook. <laughs> yeah, because you get that little confirmation that says seen. <laughs> so hey, is that true? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Apparently, a judge. That wouldn't surprise me. A, a judge has actually allowed. I reckon it should be like it's a. Like, like, it's like, you know, yeah. you used to be able to poke people. It's like, yeah. serve. Person. I reckon it should be like. Served, you should like. be able to slap someone with a glove. Like. <laughs> so apparently, a Brooklyn woman has been Challenge given. Accepted. Has been given a permission by a judge to serve her husband. And divorce papers via Facebook. Wow. So there you go. That's going to change the face of American law as we know it. <laughs> He's got poked, sir. <laughs> you got poked. <laughs> All right. We're like, I'm going to like, this is the sentence now. It's like, you know, uh, Jenny Smith has just <laughs> served Bob Smith with divorce papers like 15 likes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to get ourselves out of here. Agree or disagree with us on anything that we've spoken about in this show, including Fast and Furious 7, or you just want to say something to us, send us an email at feedback at geekaxi.com or drop us a voicemail on 02801114167. That is a Sydney number. We do have a Skype ID of Geek Actually, all one word. Voicemail doesn't always work on that, though, so the phone number will definitely get you through. Mm. If you love comic books, listen to our other show, Behind the Panels, at behindthepanels.net, or you can search for it on iTunes. It's really good. Really Richard, good. Richard's really I recommend it. that one. Uh, if you love podcasts, Podcast Pillow yeah. Fort is also on geekaxi.com. I also recommend that one. Or on podcastpillowfort.com. It's a podcast, funnily enough, about podcasts. Yeah. Um, you can also find Dave over at gooddamngoodcup.com, which he's kicked the doors open and writing reviews again. Richard can be found at therealbits.com or behind not the panels. Really. <laughs> behind the panels.net. Let's be safe. Right, and and soon, not, and to, so, not to say directly. I, I, can't, I, can't, I don't know if I can announce this directly, but. Let's just say in print, maybe, in, possibly. In, print in the next he may 12 be, months. He may be a published author soon. Uh, no, I will be. Oh, you will be a published author. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until you go, I can't. Well, <laughs> we don't want to say confirm on air. You know, yeah. no, Find yeah. all of these great shows, get merchandise, join our Facebook fan page, follow us on Twitter, do whatever you want to. Just go to geekaxi.com. You'll find everything there. Find more Dave at his site or on Twitter at Dave Longo. Find more Richard. Uh, at is DVD it, bits. Oh, I gotta do my quote. The, not as the. Well. No, it's just DVD bits. Just at DVD bits. I don't know. See, you've been on my d- Twitter so long. I don't. I've even got know five anybody. Twitter accounts. <laughs> <laughs> or find me at David McVeigh on Twitter. Dave, have you got any more to add to us today? It isn't goodbye till we say goodbye. <laughs> One last ride. Geek on, everybody. 